Well, good morning. How are we doing? We doing good? All right, how about we pray real quick? Jesus, we just want to come to you this morning. And God, just in the moment of worship, just the moment of singing, these songs we just declared to you, God, for the sake of the world, burn like a fire in me. God, I pray this morning, God, in my own life, that would be true. I pray that for everyone else as well. God, I pray that these aren't just words on a screen that we're singing, God, but they're actually our heart and our prayer to you today. Pray that as we open your word, God, you would just open our minds and our hearts. God, open our ears to hear what you want to say to us this morning. God, if there's anyone in here that feels far away from you today, God, just draw them close. And God, just calm us. I know we've had a lot going on the past week with Christmas, and I'm sure a lot of us are just exhausted. So God, just give us the rest we need and help us hear what you have to say to us today. We ask all these things in your wonderful name. Amen. Well, we're going to go ahead and dive in today. It's pretty crazy that today is the last day of 2017. Um, I mean, yeah, some of us are clapping. Some of us, some of us, uh, we're probably excited for that. Um, And it's kind of, you know, it's surreal to think about all the things we've seen happen at this church in the past year. We've seen people come to know Jesus. We've seen community groups grow. We've seen our children's area grow. Um, What's crazy is for some of you that this is maybe your first time with us, or maybe you haven't been with us very long. About five years ago, we had probably the number of children back there now in this room here. So to think about growth, I mean, God has just blessed us. He has just continued to grow us, and I'm excited to see what's going to happen in 2018. Um, One thing that you're going to hear at DBC that we firmly believe in is about people, and we believe here that we are better together. So we're going to talk a lot about community groups. If you're with us, we're going to talk a lot about kids ministry and a lot today we're going to talk about serving. And I know most of you have probably heard messages on serving and you're probably thinking, wow, he's going to guilt me into serving at the church. And that's not what I'm here to do. What I'm here to do is actually, I want us to take a look at what Jesus does in scripture and what he commands us to do. And then I want us to examine our own hearts. So I've got a couple questions to ask you today. And these are just ones, if you're taking notes, it'd be great for you to write down. But it's, it's really just for you to kind of examine your own heart. And the first one is this, how well am I serving others? So if I were to sit down with your spouse or your kids or friends, and I would say, how well does this person serve the people around them? What would they say about you? Would they say that you spend all your time and money and all, the, all your knowledge and all of that on yourself or that you give it to other people? And then the second question is this, do you serve out of obligation or out of an opportunity to love people? I think that's a great question for us to ask ourselves. Do we serve just because we feel like we have to serve? Or do we, feel, do we serve because we actually love to help people and serve others? And this brings us to our bottom line this morning. How we serve people tells us how we love people. So how well you serve people and... and How well you cultivate those relationships around you tells you how well you love people. So as you're writing this down, go ahead and turn in your Bibles for me to John chapter 13. We have a lot of ground to cover this morning. We're going to be through in verses 1 through 17.
Now, it's important to know the background of this passage particularly because this is at the Passover. This is the night when Jesus is betrayed. So we're going to see a lot of things in this text that we're going to kind of dig in and see the beauty in this text and see what's actually going on here because it's so easy to kind of read this and look over the little things that we could miss. So John chapter 13, verses 1 through 17, and it says this. It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. So let's stop right there and let's, let's kind of dig in. First of all, who washes feet? Like, isn't it kind of weird? Because in our culture, that's not something that's normal. I mean, I don't want, I'm not going to invite somebody to my house and then ask them, can I wash their feet? Because they'll probably never come to my house again. Um, <laughs> but what we need to understand is in this culture, Feet washing was actually a common thing, and what's really important to understand here is it's not really done with a rabbi washing his disciples' feet. It would normally be done by a common servant washing feet, so it's interesting for us to to see Jesus taking the place of a servant and serving those who are around him. Another thing that I thought was very interesting in this passage is this. Jesus realizes that his hour had come for him to leave this world. So he realizes, he knew at that point, he only had a little bit of time left with these guys. And so what we see him do in the next few verses is really, it's really a beautiful picture. But it's more than just feet washing, because as we're going to read, we're going to see that the feet washing maybe is imagery for something else. And it's, it's maybe what he does in our own heart. So let's continue to read. Verse 6, he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, a person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. So can, just for a second, as we back up again from this passage, because reading this, I, I was thinking about serving. And I'm thinking about what am I going to talk to the church about serving today? And how am I going to talk to them about it? And then I, I get this passage and I start reading it. And I, for a second, I just pictured myself in the room. Jesus knew who was going to betray him. He knew Judas was going to betray him, and yet he still was going to wash his feet. I mean, isn't that a picture of servanthood and how how Jesus, in the midst of what was going to happen, and and we're four chapters away from Jesus being betrayed and crucified, so we know that Jesus knows Judas is going to betray him, but yet he still serves him. He still is going to wash his feet. And what's really interesting, too, is is Peter's attitude. Because if you read these verses and you just think, well, Peter, he's just so humble. No, not really. Because, see, Peter, it's a false humility. Peter couldn't imagine 
his, his master, his, his rabbi washing his own feet, but so he kind of hides it with this false humility, but it's really in pride. And so I think in our own lives, when we think about us being served, sometimes we can be very prideful and not wanting others to serve us. And we think, oh, we'll just be humble. And no, you don't have to do that, but some of it is pride. And it goes into our sin nature. And, it's, and Jesus says, really, he's showing us a picture of humanity here and a picture of our own hearts with his conversation with Peter. And I love this where he says, unless I wash you, you'll not be clean. Like he has to wash every part of you. You can't just, he can't just wash your feet. He has to wash every part of you for you to be part of his family. And so thinking about feet washing, see in John chapter 5, 19, Jesus says, I only do what I see the Father doing. So let's get away from feet washing real quick and think about the cleansing of our sins. That's what Jesus is doing here. It's, a, it's an imagery and it's a picture of that as well, not just, not just washing feet. And he's trying to tell the disciples, he's trying to give them a message, and we'll see what he tells them in 12 through 17. Continuing on, he says, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that's what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've set an example that you should do as I've done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. Isn't that kind of weird. I mean, it's, it's almost like, I know there's the Great Commission, but this is like, to me, in my mind, I look at it almost as like the pre-Great Commission. He's like, guys, you have to serve one another. You have to wash one another's feet. You have to be there for one another. You have to be in community with one another. And you have to do this because it's what I've done for you. And so this whole year, as we've, we've learned about spiritual formation, we've learned about spiritual warfare, Three of the, of the phrases in our spiritual formation series we learned were to be with Jesus, to become like Jesus, and to do what he did. And this is a, this is a do what Jesus did opportunity. And it's, it's not just for the disciples, it's also for us to do what Jesus did, to serve one another. See, because Jesus shows us that serving others and humility go hand in hand. And I think with serving, we have to be humble if we're going to truly serve other people. We have to be able to put other people above ourselves, get our eyes off of us and our desires and our wants, and learn to be humble. So let me ask you these two questions again, just for you to kind of examine. As we hear in the text what Jesus has done, what he's taught his disciples, and kind of the tension he's in, how well are you serving those around you? When you think about serving, and you think about the people around you, how well are you serving those around you? And then are you serving out of obligation or opportunity? After hearing Jesus' story, how would you answer that question? So I've got a few things here, a few areas of our lives that allow us to serve. They were the easiest ones for me to think of. <clears throat> but the first one is your marriage. For those of you that are married, how well are you serving your spouse? 
couple questions. We're going to start with some lighthearted ones, and then we'll get to more serious ones. But do you actually take time to put the clothes in the hamper versus create a pile on the floor? I'm not going to look right here because my wife is right here. So how well, I mean, do you take the time to put the clothes in the hamper or do you actually just throw them on the floor? Well, she'll get them. It's okay. I'm tired. Yeah, there's, that's a really small way to serve to say, oh, I'm going to do this if she doesn't have to. Or is it, you know, whenever you're done eating, do you just leave the dishes in there or do you go ahead and stick them, at least rinse them before you stick them in the dishwasher? Um, another one, that I thought of, at least in our community group, this seems to be something we talk about a lot, but how many of you actually wait on your spouse before you start the next episode of that show you're watching? <laughs> because that sounds like it's a, it's a huge deal breaker in most relationships, at least in our community group. That tends to be topic of conversation a lot. But no, on a serious note, how many of you really do listen to your spouse? Like when they're talking to you, how many of you really listen and you really know what's going on in their lives? Or are you a little distracted? Are you on your phone a lot? You're just kind of tuning them out. See, these are ways that, that we serve in our marriage by listening and then by finding little things to do that will actually make their day better or maybe just a little easier. Maybe it is as small as putting the clothes in the hamper or going ahead and starting the dishwasher. You know, little things that you can do to make your spouse's day easier. You see, we see ma- uh, marriage failing in both not not just culture, but both culture and our church. And I think it's because society tells us that marriage is only about your happiness. It's only about what you can get and to get yours. And really, marriage is about servanthood. It's really about serving in a holy covenant and being Jesus to one another. So if you go home today and your spouse asks you to wash your, wash your feet, um, you can, you know, it may be a little weird, but maybe let them do it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> The second thing, I uh, think about the city. I think about specifically our city, Dublin, Georgia. Or maybe for you it's Rents or Cadwell or, or Dexter. And I think all I can, I want to just talk about our church and brag on our church. Because as I look back on 2017, I think about servants. I think about people here who are servants and who have servants' hearts. And I can look at many of you now and I'm, I think that about you now. We have many opportunities at Dublin Bible Church, and we call them He Gave, We Give opportunities. And we believe that. We give because He gave. And so a couple of those are like the soup kitchen. Yesterday was a great example. We have a soup kitchen for those of you that maybe are new or just not aware of this. We have a soup kitchen every fifth Saturday of the year. And, you know, it's not real spiritual. You don't have to be a pastor or a deacon or something to do this. I mean, you can just be a normal person that just comes in here at 1030 on Saturday mornings, and we, we prepare peanut butter and bologna sandwiches. And we drive them over to Howard's Chapel across town, and we serve to people that don't eat on a regular basis. They're not going to get a hot meal like you and I. I mean, I don't, I don't ever wonder, am I going to get a hot meal? But these people come in, and we see every, every age, men, women, and children. We've seen children, probably 10 years and younger, bring in their siblings. They don't have parents that are taking care of them. And it's little things like that that we can do to say, you know, we just want to show up and be available. And again, it's not like you have to, we're not, we don't go and witness, we don't go and do anything. We're just serving a bowl of soup and a bologna sandwich. 
Well, that's all it is. It's just being available and kind of, and it's just taking our eyes off of ourselves for, for just a minute. So yesterday, I was there for an hour. I think it was an hour of my day. Um, and, and many of you were there as well. And many of you were always there. And so if you've never served at a soup kitchen, it's a humbling experience to show up and, and serve soup and sandwiches to, to men, women, and children that may not get a hot meal that day. Another example that we just did a few weeks ago was the Christmas gifts with Casa. And for many of you, you may not realize, but foster care is kind of an issue in this city, and we have a lot of foster children. And one thing that we do as Dublin Bible Church is we partner with an organization called CASA. And you guys showed up this year. I mean, every, we had, I think we had 10 children, and every gift was accounted for. And we, we just don't see it most of the time where we think about our kids and make sure they're going to get things, and our family make sure they're going to get their gifts. We don't think about the foster kids who, who may not have anything to open up on Christmas morning. And there was everything from, from a drone to a pillow, and that, isn't that kind of humbling to think a kid just wants a pillow? And I can go to Walmart right now and just buy a few pillows if I want. So to me, that is an opportunity that we have. We've seen. We've said we want to be available here. We want to be in this with you, and we want to help. Even if it's just a Band-Aid on the small problem right now, we want to be there to help. And you guys showed up, and that, that you should... Honestly, that should, that's just an amazing thing because there's a lot of churches right now that maybe they don't want to do that because it's just a bit too messy right now with that. They have too much going on, but you guys, you guys see those opportunities and you do those. Um, another thing that I think about with DBC is the parade. Again, not very spiritual. We're just passing out water and candy. This year we had an amazing float. It looked really great. And people commented on us. I don't think one person came and visited us from the parade, and that's okay <laughs> because they got candy from us and they got water. And they got a card that said, he gave, we give. And that's all it takes sometimes because you never know what that card does. Or, I mean, the candy's not going to do anything. But, um, but that was an opportunity that we said, we just want to be present in the community. We just want to walk and let people know who we are and get out and let our faces be seen and say, we want to serve Dublin. That's what we want to do. That's, that's our job here as a church. And so maybe you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, I've never been at the soup kitchen. I've never bought Christmas gifts for foster children. Never walked in the parade. And I don't even know where to start. Let me ask you this. What in your community breaks your heart? What in your community moves you? When you think about the problems where you live, when, when you're out in public and you see the things that, oh, I really wish that was different. I wish this wasn't, this wasn't a problem. Start there. Start there. That's where you start. What breaks your heart? And then here comes the big one. Serving in the church. And again, just like I bragged on you guys about events, you guys serve your hearts out at this church. There are servants in this room, the people that held your door this morning, the people that brewed your coffee, the people that just led you in worship, people that are watching your kids right now. That's serving. And they put hours and hours and hours into serving and making you feel welcome. And I hope you do feel welcome here. And when I think about my life, I'm a musician. I've 
led worship my whole life. And so as a child, my dad was in ministry. It was never hard for me to find my way into a worship band or worship team. At whatever church we were at, I was always on stage. But if I could be a little honest, I always found it kind of boring. I thought church was, you know, church music was just, it wasn't as, let's be honest, it wasn't as cool. Like I always wanted to, to play in the clubs and the shows and, and have my name like, you know, on, not we don't really have marquees anymore, but, you know, have my name in lights. Um, however, in 2012, that, that little bit of a dream kind of came true for me. I actually had an opportunity to record an album, and it was the real deal. I had like a photo shoot and a producer and all this stuff, and it was really fun. And, but that was right about the time that I first attended DBC. And I knew a few people here, like Shane and a few other guys that I had made connections with. And so, again, I found my way on the stage not, not very long after that. And, but this was the first place that I really stopped and was able to see the beauty in serving the local church. Church wasn't boring anymore. It was beautiful to me to lead you guys and other people in worship. And so the luster of, of playing for myself and my gain, and my name, and selling albums, and doing all this stuff. It wasn't bad, but it just kind of started to lose a little bit of luster. And this began to be really beautiful <clears throat> for me to be able to lead you guys. And this is where I, I really found beauty in serving in the local church. And I really started hearing about serving and what that means, and how it's not, it's not an obligation, like, oh, I have to serve again. I have to play guitar again this morning. And like, it was an opportunity. It was an opportunity to lead you guys. And so that was true for my own life. So if, maybe you've been coming to DBC for a while. Maybe, maybe this is only a couple weeks in, or maybe you've been here for a couple years. And a lot of you, like I said, are serving. Maybe there's somebody in here right now that you just haven't found a place to get involved. And I just have to ask you the question, what are you waiting for? You know, what are you waiting for? So a few things as we're wrapping up. Three things that I think in Jesus' model of serving others. They're not going to be on the screen, but I think we have to be available. I think we have to be selfless. And I think we have to be known for our love. And you ask about available, and, well, I'm just really busy. I just have a lot going on. I just don't have any free time. And while some of that is valid, I think some of it... I think some of you are working a lot. And we've talked this year earlier in our spiritual formation series. We talked about taking the Sabbath. We talked about taking times of silence. And, and honestly, I have lots of work to do in my own life with this. Um, and I hope some of you were compelled by those talks, and I hope you went home and tried to practice some of that. But let's be honest. I think some of us in the church are still, regardless of how many sermons or books or talks we listen to on slowing down, some of us are just still over busy. And in our culture right now, busyness equals importance. So how busy you are means how important you are. So we like to be busy, and we don't actually like to slow down because it's uncomfortable. And like I said, some of you are actually really busy. You work a lot. You don't have any free time to give. And I think if you're in that place right now, you have to ask yourself the hard question and say, what is my life actually about? Is it really about me and about what I want, or is it about giving to others? Because that's what Jesus 
did and what he told us as his followers we have to do. See, many times in Jesus' ministry, we see him healing people. We see him casting out demons. We see him just being with his disciples. You know why he was able to do that? He was available to them. He wasn't over busy. So the first step in serving is we have to be available to people. The second thing is being selfless. You know, selfishness is something that comes natural to us because I believe it's in our sin nature. I guarantee you, any of you walk back in the kids' area in the toddler room right now, and if you stay there long enough, you're going to hear the word mine. That wasn't taught to them. Parents don't teach you to say mine. It just naturally comes. It's mine. It's because we're naturally selfish. We're naturally selfish people. So we have to be taught how to put others above us and in front of us. And that's what Jesus did. He could have said, as he's washing you know, the disciples' feet, well, I've, I'm wearing sandals too. You guys should wash my feet. But he didn't. Instead, he served others. And he's teaching the disciples and us in turn to be selfless. The second thing, or the third thing, excuse me, third and last is um, I believe Christians and the church have to be known by our love, known for our love and by our love. And this isn't something that Christians have done the best at. This isn't something the church has done the best at. And the church knows that and the world knows that. But this is a chance for us to change. As we walk into 2018, there are going to be more opportunities for us to serve this community as a church for you to serve community groups as a church, for you to serve one another as a church body. We have to be known by our love. And it's not, again, it doesn't have to be extremely spiritual things. You don't have to have a degree or be a pastor or have a, a name attached to your, to your name or a label. It can be as simple as in a Sunday service when you've never met someone before and you walk over with a smile and you say, hi, my name's AJ. I'm really glad you're here with us this morning because there's, for many of you that have visited a church before, and at some point you visited this church, it's an awkward thing to walk into a brand new church and then to not have anyone introduce yourself, introduce their self to you. It can be very awkward and feel very unwelcoming. So it's as simple as that. It's as simple as when you're out in public, opening the door for people. And these are little things that we are, we're taught as children and, and somehow they get lost in translation and we forget to do them. Or maybe it's when you're at work and you have that person there that just feels excluded and they don't really fit into the cliques at work and they don't, they don't really have a group. Maybe it's just sitting down with them at the lunch table or just asking them, how was your weekend? Because maybe God is doing something in their heart and you can be the key to, to help them you know, see, oh, okay, there is love in this world and Christians are really great people and they can be really great people. Maybe that's your job this week. Maybe it's to find that one person at work that's struggling that you just know they don't really fit in, and it would be kind of uncomfortable for me to talk to them, but I'm going to do it anyways because I see Jesus kind of stretching, being available to people. See, opportunities in our culture are often missed for serving and loving people, and I believe it's because we're not looking for them. So this week, try and find one opportunity to serve those around you to serve the people at your work, in your home, at your church, or just in the community. Just find one opportunity and look for that one opportunity. So as we're wrapping up, you're probably sitting on it now, but there are cards in your seat that we place there. And on the front, it says, what are you waiting for? 
And on the back, if you turn it over, it's got a place for you to sign your name, phone number, and email. And it's got different serving opportunities at this church. Now, if you've heard something today that compels you, and you say, you know, I've always wondered about this particular ministry or area. I'd really like to know more. Fill that out. Check the box and let us know. And drop it at guest services. And we'll contact you next week. And we'll get you involved at serving. Because if there's more than anything, more than anything, we want people here to be involved in community. And part of that community is through serving. And, and that will grow the body of Christ. And it will also show this community that we are serious about loving people. So if you will, just stand with us. I know this was a rather short talk this morning, but I just want to pray over us. I'm going to read this verse for you guys. It's out of 1 Peter 4, and it says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Let's pray. Father, we just come to you this morning, God, once again. Just so excited to see what you've done this year. And I'm excited and expectant for what you're doing in 2018. God, and I just pray that today, as we hear about serving and different opportunities, and God, that we would just examine our own hearts and say, really, truly, how am I serving at home? How am I serving in the church and in our city? God, I pray that today, if there's someone now that is just, they just feel unworthy of serving or they don't have a gift, God, that you would just just highlight that gift that you've given them. Just give them an area of service. God, again, I thank you for your love and your grace you give us. We thank you for how well you love us and just the life you've given us. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. Well, church, we are dismissed. Um, one last thing, I'll just ask all of you, just be careful tonight as you're driving. Um, look out for people that aren't being smart. So you guys have a great day and have a happy new year, and we'll see you again next Sunday.